0: Today's podcast, we have a huge treat for you. My guest today is the founder, lead vocalist, guitarist, songwriter extraordinaire of Bowling for Soup, among many other projects that he does, Jarrett Reddick. Jarrett, thanks for being with us on I Don't Care. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Man, this is great. Now, am not sure if you remember how we met. Yeah, so let's pretend that a few of my listeners aren't familiar with you and Bowling for Soup. Yeah, you know, give them a little history about yourself and about the band and some of the songs that they should become familiar with.
1: Yeah, um, you know, we started in 1994 in Wichita Falls, Texas, and um, did the whole club thing for many, many years. Did the whole get in a van and <laughs> drive around the country and play to nobody for quite some time. Um, 2003, we had a hit called Girl, All the Bad Guys Want. Uh, that was our fifth album, our second major label album. And then a couple of years later, we had a hit called 1985, which is our biggest hits, and Almost, and Ohio, and then High School Never Ends, Punk Rock 101. Um, We've had, uh, you know, seven or eight decent-sized hits over the course of our time together. We've been together 26 years, Uh, but you can also hear us, um, you know, we're, we're the band that does the theme song to Phidias and Ferb. We also did Jimmy Neutron. We've had songs in Freaky Friday and Scooby Doo. Um, You know, it's uh, we have definitely been around. There's, there's chances are even if you don't know who we are, you know, with me describing it, you probably have heard something that we that we do, and you'd go, "Oh, okay, I remember those guys."
0: I know I earned a lot of cool points with my oldest daughter when we went to Dooley's house. And she got to see the guy in person who did Phineas and Ferb because <laughs> you know, she grew up on that. So, so thanks for that. I really appreciate it. So, absolutely. Um, you know, since I don't care, is we talk a lot about healthcare here, and uh, you know, I really wanted to know, you know, how does bowling for soup and and really just bands in general, how do you guys address healthcare issues on the road? You know, physical, mental health. You know, talk about a, a little bit about that.
1: Well, um, you know, one of those that you just suggested, uh, just became more of a thing for us in the last few years. So I'll do physical first. Um, yeah. you know, quite frankly, when you're young and you're, uh, you know, you're out there and you're living the rock and roll life, you don't really take very good care of yourself. Um, I'm not going to pretend that we really do anymore or that we do now either, but, uh, you know, there are. There are times though when you gotta you know actually have to sit down and eat real food and make sure that you're getting out and getting outside and taking a walk and you know maybe um, you know getting to bed, getting a little bit more sleep than what we used to get you know back in the day. But you know it is still the rock and roll life. so and the fact that we don't tour as much probably lends itself again to staying up uh, staying up because we, we try to only be gone about 10 days at a time now and then home for, for five or six weeks after that. So, you know, you can go out and and uh, stay up really late, drink a bunch of beer, eat really terrible food, and then you come home and get it all figured out again. Um, you know, getting sick on the road is, used to be terrible. Um, it You know, because quite frankly, they're just, unless you knew a doctor uh, that you could call back home and try to get something, some relief, uh, you were kind of just out of luck. You know, this day and age where you've got, places where you can drop in and go in and, you know, and, and at least just get some medicine. Um, that's, that's, that's been a bit of a, uh, uh, it's, at least now, you know, when you, when you feel like you're, you're really coming down with something, you can go get some relief. Um, mm-hmm. Mental health, um, not something that we really thought about for a very long time. And then um, about nine, 10 years ago, uh, I started having some really crazy anxiety and um, I got diagnosed with, uh, with depression. And, um, you know, it was something that almost was the end of the band just because, you know, I was going through some personal stuff at the same time. Uh, but, you know, through, uh, through a, my psychologist and my medical doctor, it took us a while to figure out the right combination of medicine. Uh, but once we did, you know, um, that's just something that I have to be very, you know, I have to be, you know, militant about taking Mm -hmm. my medicine and I I was never really a medicine kind of guy. I, I, I don't really even take Advil for headaches. I just kind of try to, you know, uh, forget it. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, now being on medications, um, you know, all the time I, uh, you know, but I do understand what it's, you know, how it is helping me because I, you know, I've gone, you know, a few weeks without, uh, I, I, I do Lexapro and Effexor. And at one point I just was like, you know, I think I don't think I need the Lexapro anymore. I ran out. So I was just like, I won't take it. And my doctor was like, it takes a little while to get out of your system. So don't, you know, let's not, you know, if you decide you want back on it, let me know. And six weeks later I was begging, like, please, God, put me back on this, you know, cause I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a wreck. So, um, you know, mental health is something that we're very, uh, we're, we're, we're mindful of now. Um, and it's something not only with us, but with, um, with the crew and stuff like that. So we used to not take days off. We make sure that we get a day off now, at least once every week to 10 days. Um, if it's nothing more than to just go to a hotel and go swimming and, you know, whatever. Um, but you know, that's something, again, I think that as you get older you start to notice things with your physical and mental health that you probably didn't pay much attention to in the past and uh so you know that's kind of the point we're at now
0: yeah well that's really interesting you know i've seen you countless times on stage and you're you're just the wild man and you know (laughs) you're the fun guy and man you just engage the crowd and Mm -hmm. you know i think that that just tells a lot of people that you know what's on the outside you know you never know what people are dealing with internally
1: you know, it's funny, it's you know, you you bring up a really great point today, it just happens to be Robin Williams' birthday when we're taping this. Yeah. And um, you know, quite frankly, you just never know. And that was sort of one of the things when when you get a diagnosis like that uh of 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 severe depression, you know, mm-hmm. and You know, you're you're being told this. A lot of people think of depression or depressed as being sad. It doesn't necessarily. It's not. It's not that. It's um, but you know, it's it's something that I can't really explain to you. If you haven't experienced it, you haven't experienced it. You know, um, all I can say is that it it can put me in the fetal position for days and literally just take all of the will to get up and do anything away from me. And you're right, I. I am lucky in that I, I have a bit of a faucet. I can turn it on, turn it off. So when it's time for me to go to work, um, I definitely have done shows where I'm just in agony inside, but you would never be able to tell. Um, it doesn't happen that much. But again, the when I getting a diagnosis like that, again, it was weird because as you say, I'm the funny guy. I'm like, how can I be depressed? I'm the funny guy, you know, that's that's not a thing. And, you know, you got to get past, you know, what, what you think things are. And then also, but to me also, there's a very big weight lifted off of me because it was like, okay, at least I know it's not me, you know, like it's, I mean, it is me, but it's, there's, there's something going on with me that I, you know, I need help and I'm admitting, like, I can't do this on my own. And to be able to just put a label on it meant a, a great deal to me.
0: Yeah, man, thanks for sharing that. Because some like, like you said, so many people, you know, mental health has such a negative stigma for so yeah. many people. But yeah. but I really appreciate you bringing that out and just letting, you yeah, know, letting people know that somebody who, who appears so happy go lucky on the outside, you know, you're just dealing with stuff on the inside. So.
1: Well, you know, I'll tell you, Kevin, the thing is, for me, is that when I first told my story, I was worried that, oh, the funny guy, oh what, you got depression, you gained some weight, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was worried that it was gonna be like this whole um, you know, almost like to where I was gonna I was gonna feel the opposite of what I actually got. Because what I got was not only just massive support, mm-hmm. but more more than that, what I got was daily and still to this day, because I'm so vocal about it. Well, I'll back up and say, it never was, I never meant for it to be a cause. And then mm-hmm. musicians started, you know, it it's just absolutely an epidemic he, in it, within what, what, in my line of work and with the people who listen to our kind of music. And so I didn't have a choice. I had to make it a cause. And so, mm-hmm. um, but what I find more than anything that two or three people ever have tried to to come at me with the, you know, Oh, okay. Yeah. You gained some weight. Well, it must be much suck to be rich and famous and blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, I'm not rich. I'm famous, but I work my ass off for what I have Uh and um, I work every day and um, you know, but what I get more than anything, I'm sorry, I keep getting sidetracked. um, is people saying, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing your story because it made me feel less alone because, uh, because people are, they feel weird about talking about it because depression isn't something fun to admit. Anxiety is such a hard thing to describe to people, you know? And, uh, so, so the thing that I, that, that I really have strived is first thing you have to do is just talk and communicate. And once you start doing that, the rest of it sort of will fall into place. But man, just the first time you sit with somebody and say, Hey, Like I'm having trouble, and I've got anxiety, and I can't breathe, and there's this happening, and I'm having trouble with this, and you you breathe better right after that first conversation, and hopefully it motivates you to do more.
0: Yeah, oh, very cool. You know, and and on top of all that, we're guys. Yeah, we don't we don't need help, right? I mean, and and I'm telling you, you know, you you bring up something great is the fact that you know the, the we all need a support system. And I'm blessed. I've got some great, great brothers who we can talk about anything. And we yeah. share all the time. And so so that's a real weight uh, off of me, too. So, you know, you didn't think we'd get out of a, a healthcare podcast and not talk about COVID-19, right? <laughs> you know, we're in our sixth month in the United States with COVID-19. Uh, yeah. So... You know, tell my listeners, what have you been doing during quarantine, you know, personally, any kind of special projects, anything like that? Have you been passing the time?
1: <laughs> um, well, first of all, it just became it was sort of Groundhog Day. I mean, because yeah. essentially what it was, and if you're a parent, you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> no, sure. uh, our, our kids were on spring break, and then they just never went back to school. And so it was this, it was, at first it was like, okay, we've got two weeks, okay, another week. And then it was like, whoa, they're not going back. I mean, they kept telling us they were, but it was obvious. So um, it was, there was a lot of adjustments first in that and just kind of getting home. All right. Then... Shows start getting canceled and then more shows getting canceled. And then it's like, Oh boy, like we might be, we're, you know, again, we're, we're a business. We, we have to be able to do shows to, to survive Uh, in all that anxiety kind of was getting the best of me, not to keep going back at that, but I'll just share my personal stuff with you guys. Um, I was having a lot of problems and I didn't understand why I was anxious. I'm not, I wasn't scared of getting the virus. I wasn't worried about any of that what I figured out was is that I've got an empty calendar. Like I don't operate that way. Like yeah. I, I'm looking forward to, to that next tour. And then I fit everything in before it. I go on tour, I come back and I do this repeat. I've been doing that most of my, or more than half of my life. Hmm. And um, so I just started doing online shows. i started doing my own shows on a thing called stage it, which is where I can play a full acoustic concerts. People can come in, watch it, um, then I started doing a bunch of charity shows where basically anybody that would want me to play for their event, their event, I'll tape it or I'll be there, whatever. Um, I did about 70 shows between March 19th and July 4th. And, um, so I've kept that going. I'm starting another thing next week, which is a happy hour on Thursdays. And so I managed to keep myself busy on that, you know, Bowling for soup. we canceled all of our shows for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? let's go make a record. So we're gonna find our way to the Poconos in September. Uh, We may drive, we may fly, haven't decided, and we're gonna make a new album. And um, you know, totally not. uh, And in the meantime, we've been dropping a bunch of singles and I've done a bunch of collaborations. And um, I didn't mention that I'm the voice of Chuck E. Cheese. So Chuck E. Cheese has been doing something weekly. Uh, So I've just managed to find different ways to keep myself busy. Um, enjoy the time with my family, um, you know. And uh, I found the end of Netflix. I did. I did it. Did you? Yeah, I did it. Okay, I, I gotta ask. Do you think Carol Baskin
0: killed her husband? <laughs> <laughs> One hundred percent.
1: Of course, one hundred percent. And then, and then the guy who owns the zoo now totally framed him for the. Yes, like, it, it's crazy. Exactly. The Thank whole you. thing is nuts. Like that guy. I mean, you know, he did a bunch of stuff that was questionable, whatever. But yeah, he did. He doesn't deserve to be where he is right now. I, man, I'm I'm
0: with you one hundred percent on that. So so, what else have you been binging on on
1: Netflix? Let's. We can talk about that for a little bit, too. Well, so I'm not, I've not been a big TV watcher since, yeah. Uh, yeah. since my adult life because I, I travel too much, and so I've sure. never really been in that. So basically, I'll watch one or two shows at a time with my wife while I'm home and then, you know, whatever. So we had, you know, done during the time we had watched Game of Thrones and Orange is the New Black and all of those. So, um, and we love Ozark. But, oh, um, no since, kidding. Yeah, oh, so good. But I had never watched The Office so I'm almost uh, I'm almost on season seven of The Office now, yeah. so which is uh, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. And um, we've been uh, let's see what I mean. We've watched a lot of movies. We try to have you know we, we try to watch. We limit our seven-year-old screen time, but like if he'll spend time with us, like in the evening, we'll watch oh, yeah. a movie with him, then that doesn't count, so okay. uh, he, he's glad to sit there and watch a movie with us, because it's, it's just, he gets more screen time, yeah. uh, so a lot of, I've seen a lot of movies, man, and, uh, but yeah, man, we've, uh, you know, it's it's a weird time, It's it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, you know, you kind of sit down with the same water cup and the dogs even know which position to get in now. Really? And it's like, it's super weird. And I know,
0: Hey, you bring up movies. I know one of your projects is Jerry goes to the movies, man. Let's talk
1: about that. Yeah. I do two podcasts. I do one called the rockstar dad show. Uh, that's also on Adobe radio, but cool. anywhere, anywhere you want to listen to podcasts. But my other one uh, that's been going um, four and a half years, it's called Jarrett goes to the movies we basically watch a movie and then we talk about it. And, uh, (laughs) it's like that. It's kind of like, kind of like you said on your show though, you talk about whatever you want. We eventually get to the movie and, um, you know, we've got a great cast. My wife is on that show. We have a lot of fun doing it. And, uh, so yeah, just another thing, which, you know, these have all been things that we've had to learn to do remotely because Mm -hmm. I, I, my studio is set up to do these podcasts now. And uh, quite frankly, you know, I can't have everybody in my house. So, yeah. we're uh, you know, my, my co-host on Jarrett Goes to the Movies has a baby, and my drummer, who's my co-host on Rockstar Dad, is a realtor, and his wife's a nurse. So, they've got a lot of exposure out there, and yeah. uh, you know, they're trying to keep their own world small. So, right. Right. a lot of a uh, lot of learning. Yeah. Hey, one, one other thing, how are you staying connected with your fans outside of the, outside of like stage it and things like that? Yeah. You know, social media is a great thing. I mean, it really yeah. is. I, I think that there's uh, that you can, at my age, you know, you can either hate it or you can embrace it. Mm-hmm. The best thing to do, you know, because you can't have a career in my, in music without embracing it. So you just got to figure out what your limits are, how much of yourself you're going to put out there. But quite frankly, it's nice to, to get out there and be able to interact with your fans and you put a post up and then, you know, they'll, they'll see that you put something up and they'll race to ask you a question and mm-hmm. you go through and you answer some of the questions and stuff. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a great thing. So, you know, I'm doing, um, I do Instagram and, uh, Twitter and, and Facebook and TikTok and oh, you yeah. know all that stuff, you know, you got to do it. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've, I've got my podcasts, which are really nice. And then, um, You know, I do things on Cameo where I can do shout outs for people. And so just, it's always something. My manager actually just said this to me earlier, and I think he was kind of not being nice to me. He said, I feel like I need to start some new form of social media just to get you on the phone. And I, I I just said, you're not far off. Actually. I'm uh, about to do a show online right now.
0: (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. What do you have coming up that my listeners who are now I'm sure rabid fans of you and Bowling for Soup, uh, what do they need to know about uh, any, any upcoming online concerts, events, anything like that?
1: Yeah. You know what? Go follow me anywhere at J A R E T two one one three, or just find Bowling for Soup and we'll keep you in the loop. We do. Uh, I do at least one or two shows a week. Uh, some of them are free. Some of them are 10 bucks. You just never, you mm-hmm. know, it, it depends on where I'm at and what I'm doing. Uh, I do, I do chats on Instagram. I do, um, we do band meetings on Facebook where you can come in and just watch us hang out with each other and interact with us if you want. Um, we, we just released a, a new cover, um, a cover song of, a, of an artist called Kid Cudi, uh, with a local Dallas rapper called 10 10 K cash. So if you want your kids to think you're super cool, just be like, Hey, did you know Bowling for Soup has a new song with 10 K cash? And then pull up Erase Me, and your kids will think you're really, really super neat.
0: Okay. I, I, You know, even though my girls are 28 and 24, I need all the help I can get.
1: Hey, so, believe me. Man. Yeah.
0: Hey, hey, Jared, this has been a blast. Any final words for, uh, for the listeners?
1: Hey, stay safe. Stay healthy. Wear a mask for the love of God. And, uh, you know, I mean um, – you know, be patient with one another, you know, be, uh, and, 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 you know, this is a, you know, somebody told me this, um, early on and, and, uh, and it's really helped me a lot. It was just like when, when I think we all had these honey do lists and all this stuff that we were going to, we were all going to get skinny we were all going to do this during this COVID (laughs) thing. And, you know, I think the main thing is, is that we're, this is uncharted waters for all of us, man. Let's just all survive and get through it and not come out of this, you know, in worse shape than we were before as far as just, let's just get along, man. You know, it's a, it's life is short. You know, it doesn't matter who you vote for, or what kind of music you like life is short, man. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful life,
0: man. You're, you're so right. I've been doing healthcare for over 30 years now, man. I thought I'd seen everything. (laughs) Nothing's like this.
1: Yeah. There you go. Well,
0: Jared, thanks again for joining us on. I don't care. Hey, listeners! Uh, as always, if you miss us on Friday mornings at 9:30 a.m. Central on Market Scale Radio, you can download us, or even better, subscribe to I Don't Care on Spotify and iTunes. So, for everybody at Market Scale and my great guest, Jarrett Reddick, I'm Kevin Stevenson, and I Don't Care is out.